Exodus chapter 22 and verse 19 says, Whosoever lieth with a beast shall surely be put to death. We're looking at the subject today of bestiality or zoophilia. Bestiality is not spelled how you think it would be. B-E-S, like best, E-I, best, I-A-L-I-T-Y. Zoophilia, Z-O-O-P-H-I-L-I-A. It's the same, referring to the same thing. What we're talking about here, what the Lord is speaking of in the text. And honestly speaking, there's some things I'd just rather never, never, ever, ever, ever talk about. This is one of them. Um, The sexual or intimate contact between a human and a non-human animal is what's uh, what's on the page before us today. And you you may think to yourself, why why would this even have to be a rule? What, who's who's bringing this into the equation? Though this has been this this act has been illegal in virtually every civilization, it has been documented for thousands of years in pictographs, pictures on walls, they, they say cavemen, but pictures on walls, human beings having intimate relationships with um, non-humans. In different mythologies, the gods would take on forms of sometimes human, sometimes not, and have intimate relationships with human beings. Virtually every civilization has had historical record of some time of bestiality for thousands of years. We're talking about the the Lord is addressing the children of Israel in Sinai. Remember, they came out of Egypt. Okay. The Egyptians used their animal gods in this very way. They worshipped goats, they worshipped cows, they worshipped all kinds of stuff. They worshipped crocodiles. There's documentation that the Egyptians used to have intimate relations with crocodiles, thinking that it would boost fertility and virility. Okay. One source, Dr. Pared, okay, so they're leaving out of Egypt, and e- the Egyptians were, were, were known to do these kinds of things, and they're leading it, they're going into Canaan. Dr. Pared documents that the Hittites of the land of Canaan had laws against man being with cows and pigs and sheep and dogs and all that, and it's sin and it's unclean. And it was unclean for certain animals. If, if it says that, paraphrasing, if, they, if one were to come upon another or be upon another, that that's sinful. And yet there's other things, while it's unclean, it is not, quote, an offense, such as a man or a woman, to be with such things as a horse or a mule. 
And they give their reasons why, but you understand this is the Hittites. These, they, they, of the Canaanites, this is where the children of Israel were going. The practice of many Canaanites was, as another site, was to burn their children in honor of their gods, practice sodomy, bestiality, and all sorts of loathsome vice, another source says. Okay? Well, it's terrible. The most explicit recorded incidents of public um, interaction, we'll say, involving humans and animal activity is associated with the murderous sadism, torture, and rape during the Roman games and circus, in which it is estimated that several hundreds of thousands of people participated and died through various things. You've, been, you've heard it said, perhaps, of the similarity between our present culture and that of Rome. Don't do this. I typed in modern bestiality into my search window. And immediately, my computer has a program on it that it, that it shaded the pictures. I didn't, not looking at the pictures. But it had videos, pictures, websites, and there were about 570,000 results. In the first page, it listed and advertised the newest pictures, videos, and gave sites and direction how I might meet or interact with people who were engaged in this activity. It's a sin against God. It is a terrible sin. It's a sin against God. What does this tell us? It tells us how depraved we really are. It does. It tells us how depraved we really are. Oh, I'm not that depraved. The children of God delivered by God through the Passover. It had to be a rule. It had to be told them, don't do the things you, that you've already learned and don't learn the way of the heathen. Forwards and backwards. Every society. Again, there's documentation across the globe of people, their imaginations wandering into these things. It tells us of human depravity. One would think that this would not have to be a rule. Okay? You would think that there would be no natural attraction between a human being and something that's not a human being. But here we are today. You would think that this would be such a gross thing, a shocking thing, and a disgusting thing that even, even of the depraved mind, of the natural mind, depraved as it is, that we would universally reject this idea. And yet there are 570-some thousand results of how one may become better acquainted with the idea. Here we are. This should tell us, and, 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 and as I've said, if you're, if you're guilty of any of the law, you're guilty of the whole law. This should tell us how depraved and how sinful, how, how despicable, how disgusting every one of our sins are before God. Honestly, as I said at the outset, I'd rather not talk about this because it's distasteful to me. 
But you know, there's some sins that I engage in. They're not as distasteful to me. That's why I engage in them in the flesh. That's why the lust of my flesh does go after those things. This tells us, it should tell us, that there is no bottom to the pit of the depravity of man. So when someone says that they can think themselves saved or work themselves saved, you're dealing with a creature that is literally capable of anything, including what we're reading about. It should not surprise us. We will ache and we will hurt, but it should not surprise us when sinners sin. Why? Because of total depravity. The most horrid of sins. I can't believe somebody would do such a thing. When God Almighty declared this, read, refresh yourself with Exodus chapter 21, verse 1. Now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. That's God Almighty speaking to Moses to tell the children of Israel. It should not surprise us of the depths of the depravity of, the, of, the, of human nature. But I also want you to know that God is not surprised by the depravity of man either. I believe just as much as any sin requires the finished work of Jesus Christ for salvation, so does this one. So if God has saved anybody from this sin that has committed this sin, and you know, if you thought about it or, or even you had interest or whatever, then you're guilty of this. If he could say that, that this is not an unpardonable sin, this is a sin that required uh, salvation from. This is a, a sin that required that that sacrifice be made. It was a sin before God. Some people consider themselves as, yeah, I'm a sinner, but I'm not that bad. Oh, I'm a sinner, but I, thank God I'm not like that guy over there. Think of the man in the book of Luke. Thank God I'm not like that guy. What sin is acceptable to God? What, 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 did he say, you know what, these are sins, but this one is lesser? I don't see that. Now, the Lord himself does comment on that there are weightier matters of the law, but it's not as though any are light. That's right. It's all sin to break God's law. Yeah. What does this also tell us? Okay, it tells us, Tells us we're depraved. Tells it tells us that the Egyptians were depraved. It tells us that the that the Hittites were depraved. It tells us that the Canaanites were depraved. It tells us that 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 we we can learn from history that the Romans were depraved and every other civilization that's ever written anything or or had all their mythologies and and, and every single person is capable of these types of depravity. It also tells us that people are easily persuaded. Raise your hand if you're a person. You're easily persuaded. Human beings. At the, at the mountain was thundering and they told Moses, go speak to God lest we die. These people were prone to be easily persuaded by those around them. They were exposed to the sins of Egypt. And weren't they easily persuaded at the foot of the Mount of Sinai to break off their golden earrings and make calves like to what they had in Egypt? Weren't they easily persuaded? 
They were easily persuaded, weren't they? Want to once they were into the promised land, even if it was just a while after. Old Jeroboam said, "Hey, look, I'll make you gods. You don't got to go down to Jerusalem. We'll make we'll make us calves, one in Dan, one in Bethel. Easily persuaded. That's a that, those are different sins, but you could see how they are how people are easily persuaded." As gross and as sickening as something appears, people can be conditioned and talked into thinking just about anything and doing just about anything. There was a time in Baton Rouge a few years ago that there was a spike in people claiming to be homosexual. And the reason for that, it appeared is that there were kids that were getting picked on in school, but then becoming homosexual made them a protected class. So now they're no longer allowed to be picked on, you see. So they changed their sexual orientation and behavior based on conditioning through the school system. You tell me, kids. There are kids that don't know if they're they don't know if they're boys or girls anymore. They think they're cats and dogs. You tell me, kids can't be conditioned emotionally and even sexualized as children and into fantasizing some things that are just outright perverse. Our um, society promotes perversity, and if you speak out against it, you're a bigot. Did you know there are those in essentially every state in the United States that are trying to over the, the laws? I said it was illegal in, in, in almost everywhere. It has, be, it has been legal and illegal, legal and illegal. In France, after the revolution, the French Revolution, they remade their laws, and in remaking their laws, they did not make mention of it, so then it legalized it. And then they had to go back and make it illegal again. As sickening as it is, there are those that are trying to make these things legal and acceptable. So just as much as someone have a, a sexual orientation toward one thing or another, now they're, they're placing it from human to non-human. I believe that it won't be much longer until they try to make it legal that one could be a pedophile. Yeah. Interacting with children. But people are easily persuaded. Oh, I don't want I don't want to be a bigot. I don't I don't want to be in the news. I don't want to lose my job. I I, I don't want to come across as an old fuddy duddy. Yeah, just do whatever you want. Just, you know, don't bother me with it. Personal when I was in high school, there was a person that I went to high school with that this wasn't this wasn't a um, a rumor. This person declared that they had done certain things with a dog, and not jokingly. This is this is a real thing. People are easily persuaded to do the most sickening things, and again, we're people. Okay, we have to be told these things. So start breaking down what the problem is. This is confusion and it's perversion. Okay, 
Please turn to Leviticus in chapter 18. Leviticus chapter 18 and verse 23. Leviticus 18 and verse 23. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith, Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion, or it's perversion. Perversion. Chapter 20. Chapter 20 and verse 15 of Leviticus says, And if a man lie with a beast, he shall surely be put to death, and ye shall slay the beast. And if a woman approach unto any beast and lie down there too, thou shalt kill the woman and the beast. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. It's sin. It's a sin. Let's make this as plain as we can. Okay? I'm going to read a few verses, Old Testament and New. Genesis chapter 22, because what we're talking about is a, a form, and I'm going to use the word intimacy for, for the time being, a form of intimacy that is perverting the original intent. Okay, we're talking about humans and animals. Genesis chapter, 22, chapter 2 and verse 22 says, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And said, and Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. What bestiality or zoophilia is doing is it's perverting God's natural design of intimacy. In Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, verses 27 and 28, Romans 1, verse 27 and 28, and likewise also, the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their own lust one toward another. Well, this is speaking of homosexuality. But also, using the natural use of one and another, man and female, what we're reading in, in what we read in Exodus and also what we read in Leviticus, burning in lust, men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in the knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do the things which are not convenient. You talk about inconvenient. It is inconvenient, not convenient, for man to be with beast, woman to be with beast. But it is, as Paul said in verse 28, that they are against God. They're, they're trying to overthrow God's order. They're perverting God's order. Continue the line of thought, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. When people decide to do things their way instead of God's way, 
literally go back to point number one, according to human depravity, literally anything is possible. You do things your way and not God's way, literally anything is possible out of your depraved heart. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Best case scenario, if a man can live alone, but it's not good for a man to live alone. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife under her husband. Husband and wife are to be husband and wife. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband, and likewise also the husband hath not power over his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one another, except it be with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. Look at this. And, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your, for your incontinency or lack of self-control. The door is wide open there. Literally, the door is wide open. So abandoning God's method of intimacy opens the ground for Satan to tempt the depravity of man in literally every direction. Literally every direction. He says, but I speak this by permission and not of commandment. Yeah, commandment. The Lord made a natural order. And abandoning his, abandoning his natural order would lead someone to Exodus chapter 22 and verse 19. By abandoning the Lord's order, it allows for sinfulness and temptation from Satan. And we think depravity of man is bad. The depravity of Satan is pretty bad. Powerful, smooth, enticing. There's no bottom to God's. Uh, to, there's no bottom to man's depravity. And at the same time, there's no glory greater than God's glory. If, if man desires to do things God's way, they truly will have to abandon, repent of our own sinful, sinful nature. The perfect remedy for the problem. Look, look here, and it's it's been right in our faces. The perfect remedy for Exodus chapter 22, 19, whosoever lieth with a beast shall surely be put to death. This problem was solved before the question was ever asked. And again, it's been right in our faces. Genesis, go back to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. Begin reading, if you would please, back in verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that a man should be alone. Great, we understand that. Not good to be alone. I will make a help and help meet for him, or a help that's complementary to him. A help that is fitting for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. You know what else he saw? That none of them, look at this, and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name of heaven, and Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found and help meet for him. Adam 
did not find his companionship, his, his partner among animal life. Isn't that amazing that that's one of the first things that is proven to man? That it's not good for him to be alone and that no animal will feel what he needs in companionship in a tangible sense. And Lord God calls a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, not a dog, a cat, a horse, a pig, a cow, none of that, unto his wife, unto his wife, not somebody else's wife, his wife. And they shall be one flesh. The perfect remedy for this sin is simply living in a way that God had ordained from the beginning. For a man to cleave unto his wife. There has never been, nor will there ever be, an animal that is meat or fit for a man or a woman. Ever. Ever. So, oh yeah, we got that. Okay, we do. Be very careful. Oh, how gross. How gross it is. How how awful. Some, somebody doing something like that, one may exclaim while they're busy kissing their dog on the mouth. How terrible. Another may protest while referring to their dogs as their fur babies. The... There are certain relationships that are fitting between humans that are not that are not fit to be even alluded to by human beings toward their animals. Be very careful how you interact with your animal. Be very careful how you interact. We are to subdue and we are to have dominion. And yes, do dogs and, and pigs have personalities? They absolutely do, but they are not human beings and nor should they be treated like it. Don't even open the door for suggestion that they should be. We are not to have human relations with animals. And this, the idea of bestiality or zoophilia, it should be universally opposed. Look if you look if you would please to Deuteronomy chapter 27. Deuteronomy chapter 27. And verse 21. Cursed be he that lieth with any manner of beast. And all the people shall say, Amen. Now, I understand that the women are to keep silent in the assembly. But congregationally, we sing songs. And congregationally, I'm going to read that verse again. And when when it says, all the people shall say, I expect everyone to say, Amen, in agreement that bestiality and zoophilia is to be universally opposed. So here we go. Cursed be he that lieth with any manner of beast, and all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. Yet here it is, a sin among God's people.
people back in Exodus chapter 22, or spoken of, that is. It's been a sin among people since basically there's been people. Documented worldwide. Children, guard your hearts. If they who had seen the thunderings and the lightnings of Sinai may have been prone to such wickedness, maybe in days where there's more openness and more, um, oh, what's the word, progressivism, that maybe, just maybe, some perversity can creep into our hearts as well. Guard your heart. Pursue godly relationships. As Paul said to the Corinthians, and we read that, that foregoing God's system of intimacy, it opens the door for Satan to tempt in every type of way. Guard your hearts. Pursue godly relationships. Also, I'd like to point out, and there is a pun, pun intended. It says here, Whosoever lieth with a beast in our text shall surely be put to death. Your, quote, pet sin is just as disgusting. As gross as this is, it's just as gross as your sin that you hide and my sin that I hide and protect and make provision for. It's just as nasty. It's just as gross. Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13 and verse 14. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ, and again, that's the true remedy. Put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And that's what bestiality would be all about, fulfilling the lust of the flesh. You cannot put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make provision for the flesh at the same time. If you, if you told a little white lie and another person had was intimate with a dog, which one is not a sin before God? Which, not, which one is not worthy of, of the judgment of God? Which, which pet sin is okay? Which, which sin, which pet sin is not reprehensible and deserving the condemnation by the hand of God of sin? Which one? Which one is okay? That's right. Which one did Jesus not have to die for? That's right. Which would not be in need of rescue of the Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel? Which one? Which one? Which one, rather than being wood, hay, and stubble, which one is precious stones? Which one for a sinner left in their sins would not be admissible in the court of God's law in Revelation chapter 20 before his white throne. Oh, I was just desperate. Oh, I was in need. Oh, I just this. Oh, I just that. It's sin. So just as much as it's a sin for a human being to be with a, an animal of any kind, it's just as disgusting for you to harbor and have intimate relations with your pet sin as well. This exposes our depravity, doesn't it? How disgusting is my sin? Well, it's a lot more disgusting than that. 
it exposes the grotesqueness of all sin before God. What was the penalty? Look again. Whosoever lieth with a beast shall surely be put to death. That's the just reward of sin. The wages of sin is death. This in particular, this sin in particular, because of the reasons that we've already named, because man is that depraved. Because people are that easily persuaded. And that confusion and perversion against God's order is so tempting. The more we get away from God's plan of doing things, the easier it is for us to do the most abominable things before God. How long does it take once you get off the path and you start down that road of sin just for the sins to start piling up on you? I'll have to watch little videos from the World's Strongest Man competition. Well, one competition they have, it's, it's a squat, and there's a thing that it has these barrels on it, and every time they complete a squat, it turns and adds another barrel to it, and it makes the and it falls down into this wagon of sort, and then they have to pick up the front end of that, that wagon. So every time they squat, it gets heavier. I'm not sin. The further we go down the path of sin, the more sin piles it up, the, the heavier, the worse it gets. Happened to David. He had lust in his heart. He performed on it, and then he was a murderer, right? It just gets heavier and heavier. Our depraved nature. And it, children of God. I'm not talking to people way out there. I'm talking to us in this room. Our depraved nature, and we're easily persuaded unto sin because we want to fulfill the lust of, of sin and, and, and deviate and pervert God's order we can find ourselves in some pretty nasty places, can't we? Again, I don't like talking about this. And, it, and, and if I were preaching my, my message and my order, then I might have left this out. But it's not my message and it's not my order. This is God's word. Children of God, trust the Lord and do what he says. Intimacy is to be between a, a, a husband and a wife. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7, okay, if, if you're not with somebody, great, but if your heart is burning, be married. If you're not doing things God's way, oh, the door becomes so open and the temptations of Satan himself become so open. Maybe I'll go over there. Maybe I'll go over here. Maybe I'll do things that just seem unseemly and inconvenient and horrid. Isn't God's provision of marriage wonderful? I believe it is. For many different reasons. A picture of the Lord and His bride. A picture of... I mean, just, just to be in a marriage relationship, you have to be committed to, to, to forgiveness, love, intimacy between a man and a wife. Children of God, explore the in the Lord. Explore relationships in the Lord so that they also protect against all temptation and against all perversion. 
There may have been some in the camp that were guilty of this as it was being spoken. What should they have done? What did the Lord Jesus tell that woman that was caught in the act? Go and sin no more. Repent. Go and sin no more. Trust the Lord. Do what he says. It might not be such a hard thing for someone not to perceive of these things. And maybe the thought never crossed your mind until we read it. Trust the Lord. His processes. And again, in this exposure of the depravity of our, of our own hearts, this ought to give every one of us, guilty or not guilty of this particular item, it ought to give every one of us a desire to thank God that while that one in particular might not be you, you're just like the person that is guilty of that. That's right. You're made of the same stuff of one blood, Paul said to the, to the, the people there in Athens, Mars Hill. Yeah. Of the same blood, you are just as disgusting by birth unto God. Thank God he saved you from your depravity, from your sin. Being a child of God, you're brought into the marvelous light of God and Jesus Christ. Sinner, you may think this is gross, and you're right. Terrible. What's terrifying is that the Lord, being holy, has a much stronger opinion on sin than you do. You know, there's some things that are just gross. They're awful. The guy was talking last night about how something smelled, and he said it smelled like a like a rank dumpster, and everybody, oh, yeah, I, I know what that smells like. Well, I know a guy. Well, I'll say it this way. You're looking at a guy that has the same opinion about pork rinds. <laughs> I, I, I don't like the smell of them. I just don't. But some people might love them, eat them. Yeah. God Almighty has a much stronger opinion as far as the disgustingness of sin, the exceeding sinfulness of sin than we can comprehend. That's right. How do you know that? When Jesus Christ in Gethsemane, just before he was arrested, considering those sufferings, he broke out into a blood sweat. The sun was darkened out as he cried, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? you think God thinks that sin is any light matter? That's right. Do you think that there's any sin with God that is more or less disgusting? More or less an abomination? He doesn't, you know, sometimes we think, oh man, something doesn't smell good, kind of wrinkle our nose. He doesn't wrinkle his nose at sin. He judges sin with all holiness of character. So, verse 16, we read it a couple weeks ago. If a man entice a maid that is not betrothed and lie with her, he shall surely endow her to be his wife. Her father utterly refused to give her unto him. He shall pay money according to the dower of virgins. That, okay, well, that's life and living. We do it and move on. Violation of sin against God. It is just as disgusting as verse 19. Whosoever lieth of the beast shall surely be put to death. Just as disgusting before God. Yep. 
We're going to get to it in a few weeks. Verse 22, you shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child just as disgusting before God. Maybe, maybe our pet sins, we think that that they're not that bad. Maybe, sinner, you think that, that your pet sins, though perhaps not this one, but one like unto it, your pet sins, they're, they're not that bad. They are loathsome before God and worthy of the judgment. And just as much as this sin might seem untasteful to the, to the natural man, all sin is distasteful, to say the least, before the holy God. And he will judge with all passionate and vehement anger. Vehement anger. He will judge either on the offender or on the person of Jesus Christ some 2,000 years ago. He is the only fit substitute. And whether this sin in particular, and we know that it's it's inconvenient and it's it shows the depravity and people are hum- easily persuaded. We understand that all sin, all sin is worthy of the death. There's a case that can be made that the that the loudest and most grotesque sin of all was the sin of Adam, and that he plunged all mankind into sin. What sin is worse, having an intimate relationship with a pig or plunging mankind into sin? You see, before God, he takes them both very seriously with his justice, doesn't he? Which sin is less of a sin? Your pretentious holiness, going about to establish your own righteousness and not not submitting yourself to the righteousness of God or having an intimate relationship with a cow? Which is worse? Well, if you want to rank them, Paul, being a pharisaical hypocrite, said he was the chiefest of sinners. Well, my sin's not worse than that. Again, you're splitting hairs before the Holy God. I encourage you to repent. See yourself exposed as a depraved sinner easily persuaded into all manner of depravity that though you maybe you are guilty of this if not factually even of the mind but if not even if not you are parallel you are you are of equal standing to those who would do something like this before god see yourself as such a depraved sinner repent believe on the lord jesus christ and be saved. May the Lord bless the preaching of his word.